Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Thomas May. And I'm Zancy Weber. The Craving Creativity Podcast is our cry for help. A way to help ourselves as creatives to talk about how we get inspired, how we create, but also how we deal with stress, mental illness, and everything in between. Now, if you're creative, you, like us, have most likely always been seen as the black sheep of your family and always making different choices than what 90% of normal people might do. Uh, Not going for the safe choice, but always living a little on the edge. With the Craving Creativity Podcast, it is our hope to create a safe space where we can talk about being creative. We want to build a community of like minded creatives and help each other subscribe email us and be part of the creative journey welcome to craving creativity i'm zancy weber and across from me is thomas my and today we are talking about collaboration creative collaboration creative collaboration that's something that we're doing something that i love doing but you suggested this uh this Thomas, so like, uh, yeah, well, why why did you want to talk about creative collaboration? Well, I mean, I want to talk about when one one thing is to have one person having an idea, but suddenly you have two people trying to come up with an idea together. That's where the challenge is, but also where magic can appear. Yeah. From my own perspective, um, going way back to the days when I was studying at business school, I met this guy, he wanted to become a film director. And, you know, that was what he wanted to do. He worked at a video <laughs> store. He wanted to become video director. I'm a film director, right? And just before we jump into this, yeah. does everyone who works at a video store want to become a film director? I think deep down, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my experience I, I as well. I think deep down, absolutely. I, isn't that what Quentin Tarantino one? What, I believe so. Yeah, he yeah. also worked at a yeah. video store. But this was uh, this was back in, in the 80s and mm-hmm. there was no cable TV. There was like no internet. And so one way to consume films was... Working at a store. Yeah, just watch movies all day. And uh, he convinced me to go and be part of a uh, a radio program, a local program Wednesday night called Flight 9 to Hollywood. Sure. Where we would talk about movies. And he got very serious. He started shooting Super 8 millimeters, And then he said, no, I really want to become director. And I said, sure, what can I become? He said, you can become a producer. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that sounds fancy. <laughs> now, the good thing about being a producer, it's not a protected title, right? Or, or like a dentist, you have to qualify. Yeah. You, have to certify, you have to pass certain exams, right? Same with um, becoming a doctor or a teacher. Yeah. But a producer, there's no such qualification. Much like being a podcaster. E- oh, yes. Either you are or you are not. So he lured me into this and sure enough, we did a couple of short films. And before we knew it, we started making a feature film and we're off to the races. Yeah. So I, the whole process of that, yes, that's a fun little side story. But the whole, how do you... Um, work with someone how do you decide to work with someone how do you trust someone and how do you trust their inputs and how do you what is it they say and too many chefs in the kitchen will rule yeah yeah so how do you find that line and how are you finding it in in your endeavors yeah well i i like to think of myself as a i hesitate to say professional but a professional collaborator in that i 
love coming up with ideas for things and handing them to other people and working with other people on them. It's very rare for me to go like, I want to be an author, so I'm going to write a book. But if someone is like, I want to be an author, I'll be like, okay, let me read your book. Let me, let me give you some feedback, that sort of thing. I think for me, what collaboration comes down to is, like you said, is trust. It's very hard to collaborate with someone whose taste that you don't trust. Um, so I, a lot of the time when I'm collaborating with someone or when I'm setting up a collaboration, it is having that interview, that kind of dissection of what they want from the project, what they're willing to contribute to the project and what they need from someone else for the project yeah. and seeing how those pieces fit together. Yeah. Because ideally a collaboration is not just, is not just basic, basic arithmetic. It's not just two plus two equals four. No. Ideally it's going to be more than the sum of its parts. So two, two plus, plus two, two equals, equals five. A masterpiece. Seven, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more than the sum of the parts. And that's what I wanted to get at. That's what yeah. I wanted to, how do you start someone? How do you do it? So in this case of this director, whose name is Anna Zorno Klalon, by the way, and mm -hmm. we ended up making two films together. I produced both. And um, he went on to do, to direct more films and TV shows. And then today he's an author and he writes, he together with someone else. So he always wanted to collaborate mm. with someone and he's a quite successful author today. So um, from my point of view, it, it, it's a, I think you're right with the whole thing with the taste, but also someone who comes in and shakes you up a little bit. Somebody yeah. who, yeah. I wouldn't say smacks you, but somebody who comes in with a completely different idea, different mindset, different way of looking at things and push you in a direction you didn't think you were going to go in. Absolutely. I think that's where the magic happens yes. is where... The, the, the famous, uh, the famous advice is kill your darlings. Yes. I'm like, it's much easier to kill your darlings. If someone has said this darling needs to die in order for this to succeed. Yes. Then going like, Oh, I don't know what to do because I don't want to change anything that I've done or anything that I want to do. I've had, I've got this idea in my head, but it's just not clicking. And that's when another person coming in. Yeah shifting things around yeah. um, with with new eyes and new ideas yeah. and a new approach really adds to a project. Um, I think that is that is something I work on a, a yearly project called the 24-Hour Musical Project where oh. we stage a musical in 24 hours. A whole theatrical musical. A whole theatrical wow. musical. Um, and the actors don't know what it is until 24 hours before the curtain goes up. Oh, wow. However, I work behind the scenes usually and there's still as much work, if not more work to do behind the scenes for that kind of project than whatever. We started with a group of four people who were like, okay, I'm going to be musical director, I'm going to be producer, I'm going to be director and I'm going to be choreo. And that's what we started with because we had those skills. But since then, we like to rotate those skills because it, it brings something new to yes, the project. It twists it. And so you're not just producing the same thing over and over and over again. And that has been not only a really great avenue for personal and professional growth, but also to let uh, the product be un you can't anticipate what the product is going to no. be um, with that. And I think that is kind of having that core group of people that we trust uh, that they want the same thing, the same goal of the end project rather than like, 
their taste is always going to be my taste because yeah. that is not the case. No. Uh, but they want the same thing for the project. And so we can give them the control that we would otherwise might want to retain. Are you finding it that when you collaborate with someone, it becomes less about ego? Absolutely. And yeah. more about a finished, not perfect, but just a finished product that can that can stand on its own. Because that's what I'm finding, that that when you, you're sitting alone in your room, right, you're, you're hammering out on your computer or whatever you're doing, right, you're so... You're so driven by this. Everything has to be perfect. Or you are, you are a little bit vulnerable, right? Because yeah. it's about you and how do other people perceive you or judge you? Or because when we do creative work, yeah, it's got to be judged at some point, <laughs> right? Whether you make movies or music or theatricals or or books or whatever, someone will judge it, right? And if it's just you, then that is a reflection of you. Exactly. Yeah. And so by collaborating with someone, A, the sum is equal more than the, than the smaller parts, mm -hmm. but also it becomes more than just about you. Yeah. And I find it, and I don't, I don't know if you agree with this, but I find it, it, it's, it gets more creative because the juices gets flowing and, and it allows you to be more free with it, so to speak. Does that make sense what I'm saying now? Yeah, absolutely. I think it does depend on creative style though. Yeah. Um, because as we've discussed before, like I harness stress yes. to be the creative. <laughs> Seeing the SpongeBob, the stress to SpongeBob. Yeah. So if I'm stressed out about a project, yeah. I'm going to be a lot more, a lot more productive. Yeah. And I think collaborating automatically relieves some of the stress of creation yes. just because the, the amount of work that has to be done exactly. is a little bit lessened. Yes. Um, that being said, I love the, 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 um, the idea that a collaboration lets you make, a child rather than a clone. So if you're making, mm. if you're writing a book by yourself, then that book is just you. Yeah. That's just you. Yeah. But if you're collaborating with someone, that book is a child because it's now a reflection of your experiences, their experiences and your shared experiences. So it is more than what it comes from. Exactly. Uh, so I think that is, that is the joy of the collaboration is it, is it makes it easier, but it also, adds uh, interactions into the mix that just you can't have by yourself unless you unless you're the kind of person that has a very rich uh, imagination and you're talking with people in your head all the time <laughs> <laughs> that way you're already collaborating <laughs> yeah well I mean like uh, when I say that I mean I'm very specifically thinking of uh, of, of a person I once knew who would like when they were writing something they would watch the particular kind of movie that they were creating and then watch the, the commentaries and whatever and have discussions in the voice of the person that they're listening to about their project. It was a very cr weird creative process, but it was like they were collaborating with Tarantino and the Coen brothers and whatever. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yes. I see what you're saying. Trying to view, view their work through their lens. Um, whereas I think it's, it's, it's a lot easier to do it and more fun to do it in person. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it is definitely more. But I, I think that that collaboration is is important. And also, I think just like you're saying, you're developing new skills, you learn something from someone else, you absorb it, and it becomes bigger than than who you are. In the case of this director and me, we, we've got a film off the ground. I mean, he couldn't do it by himself. And I yeah. certainly couldn't do it by himself. And in fact, we had to get all these people together because making a film is millions of man hours. And yeah. And you cannot give that amount of man hours yourself. It's just not feasible. So by putting every 
getting everybody together and believing in something that's bigger than everyone else yeah. and lifting something for everyone to, to get that first film made was just a, a, a huge collaborative effort. What did that collaborative effort look like for you? Because as a producer, like it does fall on you to organize certain parts of the logistics and yes. kind of shape the project and, yes. and the, and the workflow. Yes. So what did that, did that come easily? Was that just kind of like, okay, I'll do this, 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 and this, and your work and your role is this, 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 and this, or did that, did that have to evolve? Well, everything was evolving as it happened because yeah. none of us had gone to film school. None of us understood the process. None of us understood the, we knew what the end goal was going to be. There's going to be movies and hopefully it's going to be yeah. in a cinema or a TV or whatever the outcome is going to be. But we had no idea how hard it was going to be. We had no idea what it demanded and what it required. Mm. And, and, and just from the writing perspective, he, Anna's wrote the script. I got a couple of notes for it. He wanted to collaborate with me, but I was not a good writer back then. I'm not saying I'm a great writer right now, but I'm certainly much better or more mature or yeah. more wise. Or <laughs> I've learned some techniques and tools that I didn't have back then. More capable. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. They're more capable. But he wrote this script and um, I really like it. And through some people, I got to some other people and we got to this big producer in Denmark and he actually read it for some. We had done a short film before that. That was we sold it, I sold it to a small TV station for $800, $1,000. It was minimum money. And it was a small local TV station in Copenhagen. But they paid a one-time fee and then they played this movie like 20 times a day, right? <laughs> it was just, it was always on. So, and, and when I called this guy, this big producer, he happened to have just seen it. So he's like, hey, wait a minute, are you from this company? He's like, yeah, I did. So then he actually read the script and he wrote back and, and, and he called us back and said, this is a great script, but this is not a short film. Right, yeah. This is a feature film. And we were like, what do you mean it's a feature film? <laughs> well, it has to do with the length of the film. Is it, how do you know how long it is? I mean, these are the basic questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, one minute per page. That's <laughs> how long is Okay, okay, good. We learned that. Yep. So we, my, my uh, Anna's and I sat down and we literally had a stopwatch and we started reading it out loud with a stopwatch. And there it was, 95 minutes. Yeah. And, that, and then re I thought we were making a short film and then suddenly we were making <laughs> a feature film. It didn't change... I mean, it's still a lot of work, but we were still yeah. trying to figure out how everything was just happening. It didn't so, change the approach, it just changed the scope. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and the commitment, I guess. But <laughs> that's I'm just telling a story to understand what level we were at of understanding yeah. what we were trying to do and accomplish. Yeah. Uh, but we end up making the film. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think that is that that ability to change in a collaboration is also important because if you have an idea in your head and someone else asks why. Yeah you have to get it straight in your own head yeah. why that is the impulse. Yes. Is that just an assumption that you made yeah. or is it a thought out choice? Um, and I think that's what you, you get when you're uh, teaching each other and, and you, when you say you're learning new skills together, yeah. I think that is what, what you do because like I definitely learn by teaching people. Like I, yeah. I know a certain amount of things, but as soon as I teach someone, they're going to ask me a question. like, I don't know. Why would anyone know that? Um, and then you have to either figure it out for yourself or yeah. go and learn, ask go the question. Yeah. Um, and I think that is what, uh, as humans, we are social creatures and we learn through social interaction. And that is where we get our motivation yes. to keep going. And I think that's the other great thing from, collaborating is accountability. Yeah. Um, someone else is relying on you exactly. to do your work I mean, and, 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 and exercise those creative muscles. Whereas if it's just you, mm -hmm. you can say, Oh, 
I've, I'm going to give myself today off because <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not no. in a creative mood. Yeah. Uh, I, the, the muses aren't talking to me, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to do anything today. No. Um, whereas when someone else is there, they're like, so what have you done today? Yeah. Like, so mm. you were supposed to send me something by this. Yeah. Agree to this. Yeah. I think that's something where half the battle is showing up. Mm. Right. I mean, and, 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 and forcing yourself. So, so that's one of the beautiful things. I think you're right on, on the collaboration that you went, while working with someone else, you show up. You yeah. have to because yeah. someone else is depending on you. Like you and me doing this podcast yeah, together, right? Absolutely. I mean, we, we agree <laughs> in a time and we have to show up. That's just how it is. And we both <laughs> have to do the homework. Got to do the homework. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do the things we, we agree to. And also we have to come up with ideas and stuff yeah. like that. So that's part of the whole process. And, and I think that it's healthy to learn that way. I think that many artists many creatives are afraid to mm. open up they're they, they think that they have to know every answer to everything which is of course humanly impossible and they're afraid to be vulnerable i think there's something beautiful in working with other people i think yeah. that you learn a lot from that process not at least about yourself and how you handle pressure i'm sure when you're doing 24 hours a <laughs> musical you have a clock that's ticking and a yes. lot of massive pressure <laughs> and a pressure. lot of people keeping you to that clock <laughs> exactly but then something comes out of that and you learn more about yourself so i guess my my advice is to people who are out there listening to this and I don't know how you work as a creative, but sometimes open up to work with someone else. Yeah. It, I yeah. think, yeah. I mean, along with accountability is the other side of that coin, which is, I mean, accountability does sound like a, 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 a difficult thing, like something that's going to make you work harder and mm. it's going to be an extra stressor. But with that also comes the affirmation mm. of like when someone says, yes, that's perfect. That's really good work rather than just you going like, yes, that's really good work, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it, having that come externally as well as internally, yeah. that is that is another powerhouse to drive any project forward yes. because you're now more confident in the work that you have done. Yeah. So you're more, uh, you're more driven to complete the work to come. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, yeah. I cannot agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and also like, uh, I know that when I was a young creative person, I was the first time, uh, the, the first time what you were just describing, like I needed to have all the answers. I needed to do everything and I need, and everything that I was doing was a secret until it was finished yeah. and I could show people. Yeah. And I was like, that is such an exhausting way to approach and any project. A lot of pressure you put on yeah. yourself. I mean, and, and everything has to be perfect, perfect, perfect. And if you, if you, live under that amount of stress. I yep. mean, it's not healthy in short term or long term. And, and, and you end up not doing things yes. because the stress ends up not being worth it. Yes. Yeah. The, the, yes. the pros and cons, the cons start to outweigh the pros, uh, the more pressure you put on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. So our advice is that people should collaborate more. Open yourself yeah. up, like yeah. show your creative process. Yes. I think you're the, I don't think that, that you gain anything from hiding what you're working on and how you're working on it. And I think more people are willing to collaborate than you would imagine. Um, and I think that no matter what you're working on, even just working on simultaneous projects next to someone else mm. is a form of collaboration because you'll yeah. be like, if, if you're painting, you can say like, oh, mixing this color red with this color blue actually makes some sort of weird brown color. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's something that you can do. Just be more open in creative process and open to collaboration rather than like, I can't do anything until I'm collaborating. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I think that 
But many people are afraid of, and certainly in the film industry, oh, someone will steal my idea. Yeah. Okay, listen up with all due respect, okay? Your idea is not that good, okay? <laughs> and, and you can, if you wrote a script, you post it online, no one's going to read that script. I'm sorry. I mean, the big talent agencies get a thousand scripts a day and they do not read those scripts. Okay, so no one's going to steal your idea. Yeah, and you, so, and you, can, yeah. you can publish it in yeah, a way yeah. that, yeah. W- that no one can steal it because yes. like you have published it and therefore yes, there's a yes, record. Yes, yes. <laughs> but open yourself up to be more collaborative, you yeah. know, work with other people because something bigger comes out of it. That's, that's my advice. And, um, and also you and I doing this podcast. I mean, it takes two, yeah, right? I, I'm a, it was I'm just a professional me. Collaborator. <laughs> like every podcast I work on, yeah. like I'm collaborating with the people that exactly. are on that podcast. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's, that's my happy place. So yes. that's where I go. But, uh, before we end, uh, end the episode, we always do a top three. Yes. Uh, so you uh, suggested that we do top three collaborations. Yeah, top three people who are artists in any way, shape, or form, creative in any way, shape, or form, and how them working together became bigger than they came individually. That yeah. was sort of the mindset. I don't know where you went with this. I, I, I took that into account. Yeah. I did three different media same here so good oh well i'm, I'm might very be some crossover let's find out <laughs> mm, uh, maybe 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 okay. all right maybe on one of them i'd be very surprised if the other two are on your list okay okay do you want to go first uh <laughs> sure yeah. um so my first one is my least strong one um just because i know both of these people are very strong artists in their own right yeah but I can only name this song by either of these two artists, and it's uh, Smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. Oh, yeah. I, Santana is a great guitar player. Yes, I is. have an album of his. Yeah. Uh, Rob Thomas is part of a band called Matchbox 20, I, I think. I think, uh, yeah, something like um, that, yeah. And I know that they exist. Mm. I'm not a huge post-1980s music person, but Smooth is a great song and it was one of the songs that I was obsessed with in high school. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you are saying name a Santana song, I will say Smooth. If you say name a Rob Thomas song, I will say Smooth and I cannot name any other song by either. <laughs> and so your point is because they collaborated, they created something bigger. So yes, that song some, is something bigger because both of them collaborated That's on reflective it. of both their styles. Yes. It showcases both their talents yes. and therefore it had uh, it, it, it connected with me in a way that neither of them did individually yes yeah oh well good um i'm also in the music uh, my first <laughs> one is also in music i also want to point that out and uh for me it's john lennon and paul mccartney okay yeah i will big one <laughs> yeah, yeah huge ones i mean what they, their lyrics and their music in the beatles are just it's timeless i mean yeah. it's classic it's just you can listen to songs today and the still sounds good. I mean, it's not recorded in the best quality and all that stuff, but it's still amazing songs. Yeah. And yes, John Lennon went on to write some great stuff uh, post Beatles and so did Paul McCartney and there's certain make classics after that. Yeah. But I think that collaboration on Beatles was just so big and so yeah. good and it lifted everything that they did. And you can, you can name him the, the first boy band ever made and you can make all these funny things about them, but <laughs> the Beatles are just, are just big because of John, John yeah. and Paul McCartney. And that's I, the thing, because like the Beatles were to a degree manufactured, um, but the, I think the relationships after they broke out of that uh, uh, initial success that they had, yeah. that is when they really pushed the limits yes. of the, uh, their artistic taste. Yes, and, yes absolutely. And, and yeah. So I think the, the Beatles are unique in so many ways. Yes. And this, and of course this uh, collaboration is at the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever, uh, 
want to cheer up, just put on a Beatles album and yeah. it'll just run and your soul <laughs> feel, feel better. So I just like the way they collaborate, even though they've done great stuff since, but it didn't surpass what they've done before. Yeah. I think there were, there are a number of, uh, of those kind of collaborations that I thought about, um, like the Mick Jagger and David Bowie doing yes. the cover of dancing in the street. Yeah. They're very famous, but like, yeah. I think Bowie has done, stuff that I regard more than that. Okay. And Jagger's yes. And, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Also, uh, um, yeah. Th so the, that's why th those didn't make it onto my list. I honestly didn't even think about uh, Lennon and McCartney. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. Oh, thank you. Um, so moving into film and with a side, yeah. side note of theater, yeah. um, Baz Luhrmann and his wife, Christine Martin. Ah. So, Baz yeah. Luhrmann met his wife doing the one-act play version of what was his first movie of the Red Curtain trilogy, uh, Strictly Ballroom. Mm -hmm. Then uh, they've worked together on everything since. So, yeah. And a lot of what – see, I didn't know that Baz Luhrmann and Christine Martin were collaborating until – much later, I was a huge fan of Baz Luhrmann yeah. from the very start, like that kind of sumptuous style and over-the-top drama and costumes, and I associated with Baz Luhrmann, but that's actually Christine Martin. Mm -hmm. um, Baz Luhrmann has great scripting sensibilities and editing sensibilities, and what he brings to music of, of, of his films is also great. But, yeah, this collaboration here is really something that they found two people that have found really complementary styles yes, and just made the most of it. I, I think Moulin Rouge is a masterpiece. I yeah. think I, yep. it's, it's up there and it's, 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 oh, I, I love that. I, it's a great, uh, I really like it. That film. That's, yeah, that's really absolutely. good. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Uh, they have a great collaboration. Absolutely. And Strictly Has, Ballroom is one of my favorite Australian films. But have they time. done stuff on their own? So Lerman has done stuff on his own without, without Christine Martin. Yeah. Um, however, Christine, and I think Christine has done theater stuff outside without Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Um, but what I know them for is the, yes. this Red Curtain trilogy. Yes. Um, and also, so they've worked together on, on, uh, some of the theater adaptations of, uh, of, of his Red Curtain trilogy yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. wow. That's a good choice. Yep. Um, in my film world, I have Steel, Steven Spielberg and John Williams. Nice. And yeah. I have that because um, the mood uh, and the films and the da, 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 so those <laughs> action kind of films and those yeah. <laughs> drama kind of films that he did together with John Williams just made it that much better. And we yeah. all can identify the various soundtracks that John Williams has done with Spielberg. Of course, he's done stuff outside for that, but I just think when they did things together, it just became yeah, bigger absolutely. Than, they, than, than both of them individual. And I think that uh, it's a good testimony to, to creative collaboration. Yeah. I think definitely Spielberg's main skill on top of being a, like top of his game director is picking subject matter. Yes. And, and choosing that subject matter. And I think he chose the kind of film that was, uh, that was blockbuster at the time. Yeah. And that, and I think John Williams and Williams, Williamson, John Williams, yeah. John Williams, um, scores just fit into that. Yes. So perfectly. It does. And yeah. it's just, it's just, and it stands, I mean, you can, you can hear the soundtrack of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You can, yeah, anything. Uh, <laughs> Jaws and all these things, kind of various films. So Jurassic it, Park, yeah, exactly. So and and I think it set a tone and made the films more epic. Is that a right way yeah, to say? Yeah, absolutely. It? Um, 
course, they've done stuff on their own without without collaborating. Yeah. But I just think when they collaborate, they they, they reach some some very big highs. So absolutely. So yeah, can't argue with that one. Now my top one is one that I am proud of myself for putting on there, but I would never have anticipated before I actually thought about what we were doing. Yeah. It's actually a brand. Yeah. So it is a brand that pairs with other brands to kind of create individualized products. You want to guess what it is? You're talking about legal. I'm talking about Lego. I put it on here. <laughs> this is the one I thought might cross All over. Right. Oh, wow. Um, because when I think of Lego, I think of Harry Potter Lego. I think of Lord of the Rings Lego. I think of Disney Lego. Um, I don't think of just like the generic uh, Let me Lego. tell you a story about yeah. Lego, right? Oh, so please. coming from Denmark, yeah. for those who don't know, Lego is Danish. It came from Denmark. And and um, they had a patent on the Lego brick, the idea of bricks. Mm-hmm. But patents run out and they expire. And... Okay, I don't get me hung up on all the details, but it was rumored there in the 80s that the company was going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Because yep. once the patent expires, anybody Anyone in the world could, could copy a plastic brick. And they tried various different things. And only when they started collaborating with Hollywood and licensing films and doing Lego specific for that, they evolved into something bigger. Yeah. And stronger and has been good for Hollywood, it's been good for Lego, it's been good for everyone else. It's on my list. It was a bubbler. I didn't know I want to take it on, but I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm glad I could come up with this little story about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a way to, all right, our company's doomed. We're going to close in a couple of years if we don't come up with something else. So you can either adapt. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. yeah adapt or do or die, right? Yeah. So they, they did adapt and they came up with this way and, 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 and you now have grown people yeah adults like it, it is an industry like oh. there's tv shows about it <laughs> i mean is it the uh is it the millennium falcon or which yeah, one millennium is it there's, there's like it weighs there's ten thousand pieces. i don't know i'm just putting numbers out of, i don't know what the numbers are but it takes yeah weeks if not months to fill that thing together Look, and it weighs a I, lot of kilos growing up yeah. i had a few buckets yeah. of lego and like that was what i thought was a lot of lego mm. and it wasn't i didn't have like a lot of lego sets it was just generic blocks that i would build and do things with when i went to the us uh just as a tourist i went to the lego store and that place is mind-boggling just there's like life-size replicas of like movie characters made out of Lego and like yeah. uh, TIE fighters from Star Wars yes. made out of Lego. And I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is, it's a brand that I don't particularly engage with, but I have friends that have rooms full of yeah. Lego sets that they've built. Yeah. And yeah, like this is a way that people engage with, uh, with the, the, I guess the, the enterprises that they're fans of, but they do it through Lego. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, but it's, it's, it's <clears throat> I mentioned before, I have a daughter just sitting down on the floor, picking up some Legos and just start building something creative. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so rewarding and it's so much fun. And it's just uh, creating something out of nothing. I like yeah. that process. I mean, yes, you can sit there and you can do the Millennium Falcon step by step. It's like going to Ikea and pulling and putting a bit yes, together. Yeah. Right. But, but, but also just a free creative uh, mindset of, of Lego is just, yeah. just And amazing. then we're combining them as well. Yeah, exactly. Got all the sets. Color shapes and forms and <laughs> all that stuff. So yeah. And now they have their own movies. They have their own <laughs> movies. Yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely. It was a, uh, yeah, I like that. It was on my list of poplars. I'm not sure, so I'm going in a different direction, but I'm glad Absolutely. you mentioned it. So my last one out of the top three is, and I'm, 
it, it's also a brand and it's mm -hmm. about uh, Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive. Okay, yeah. And uh, it might be a fun one and weird one, but I think that path they were on with the introduction of the first iPod. Yep. From a design perspective, from a user interface, from from adaption to commercialization, to the iPhone, to yeah. the new iMacs. I mean, not the new ones out now, it was very thin, but the colorful ones, that whole rebranding of when, when Apple came back. I think that was a very... Again, I wasn't there, so it's just what I read from books and biographies and interviews. But I just think that part of that collaboration yeah. was very big. And unfortunately, Steve Jobs passed on, and Johnny Ive is, <laughs> has moved on from Apple. He still yeah. works with them in some capacity. He's got his own design company. Yes, yeah. He's consulting with them, but he does his own stuff as well. But that was, that was uh, some of the stories are just amazing. So, yeah. And that is something that everyone – it's touched everyone's lives, so whether you exactly. use them or not. Yes. Like Apple – is ubiquitous. Yes, in that sense. And, and, and you can create such a product from a creative. Obviously, there's hardware, there's software, and there's design, but all those things have to work together <laughs> to, on a higher level. Yeah. And, and they manage to do that with those products. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying this is an Apple fanboy, um, but I'm just saying <laughs> it as a, as a, as a testimony to a great um, Absolutely, yeah. Product, and that's the thing. Like Steve Jobs was, I think that that was his superpower was insisting on getting it right. Yes, um, and having having the collaborator there to ride ride that that uh, impetus. Where so Steve exactly. Jobs provided the was the engine that was pushing it forward. Yeah, but the design was the vehicle that was driving them. Yeah. So yeah. I read the uh, biography uh, by Steve Jobs, written by, oh, what's his name, Walter? Oh, I can't remember. I'll put that in the show notes, as everything else is going to be in the show <laughs> notes. Um, but he wrote this amazing biography where he interviewed Steve Jobs. And he's yeah. and there's an interview there where he learned from his, Steve Jobs, from his father, well, his stepfather, that he was a cop, carpenter. He built these wooden boxes. And he said, even though this thing goes up against the wall, you don't want to make it plain. You still have to make it beautiful. Even though no one will see it, yeah. you know that is not beautiful there. So you have to make it integrate. So when they designed the first motherboards, everything had to be loaded out in a perfect way in a perfect structure. Yeah. So that when you, if you ever get into see it, it looks absolutely beautiful, even though 99.9% .9 people will never see it. Of course. Yeah. So it's just that mindset that he brought to it. Um, and that's just, um, yeah, I think that's something to celebrate. Absolutely. Although that's a great list. Well, um. it is a great list. And uh, this marks episode seven yep this is the end of episode seven so and uh, if i might come a little appeal to people who are listening to this so two things first thing is if you like this and you like listening to us and you think there's some other creative person out there who could benefit or who would like to listen to this please send it to them and also the last thing i want to ask if you like this and you want to leave a positive review we will be very happy and we will read it out on our, on our on our podcast Five on star reviews. we'll read them out we'll read them out so that's all we can do. Um, as always, we want to create a community. We want to play, uh, create a place, a safe space where yep. we can talk about collaborating. We can talk about being creative. And um, it's actually a pleasure working with you, Zane. Well, it's a pleasure working with you. And I'm just going to say, uh, this might be a great way to just propose a collaboration to someone you want to work with. Exactly. <laughs> to send them this episode and That's go like, why don't you send it to me? Yeah. I want to work with you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, and until next time. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Zane.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.